world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed on this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning. Unbelievable show number 2090. I just said something to Michelle as I, as I walked down to my million, multi-million dollar studio. It's multi-million now. I paint, put a little bit of paint on something over there. So it's now a multi-million dollar studio. Uh, as, as I'm walking down there and just thinking, man, oh, man, the, the, <laughs> the mess we're in. How did I get here where I'm doing this every morning? And thank God that, that I get the chance to do that for you guys coming in here and being able to chew on things and uh, throw stuff up on the wall and see what sticks. And uh, Wow, what a time to be alive, huh? What a time to be alive. Got a lot of stuff I really want to – I tell you, sometimes I come out, I don't know whether I want to preach or whether I want to teach. And today I want to do a little bit of teaching, I think. I want to um, start right here. I had a chance, you know, this weekend, spoke at a men's event down in Lancaster, Ohio, which is you know, just down the road. 25 miles down the road. It was really good. There were probably, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe 80, 80 men from uh, six, seven, eight different churches came together for a men's event. I, I, I did my thing, spoke on uh, salt of the earth, light of the world. Um, guy followed me, spoke on pornography. Really, really good. We need to, man, we need to deal with that one. But I, uh, uh, it, was all, it was all really good. But, but I, I came to this realization that uh, we have, for the most part, we have we, we have such an effeminized, sissified Christianity. We're in a we're in a meeting with men, men. You understand what I'm telling you, men. We're a, they're not doing it on purpose. Men think like women. We've taken Christianity and we've we've effeminized it. Jeff was just talking before we we went on the air about a woman pastor and i mean that it was just kind of an aside that jeff was telling us and see women whether we want to admit it or not women think more emotionally men men for the most part that's why women that's why women have trouble with their husbands because women emote their feelings and men for the most part aren't they men aren't moved by their feelings men are more uh, logical more uh, systematic in their thinking for the most part now for the most part and so the women tend to tend to be more emotional, and it's good. That's the mother motherly side of the Lord, but men are supposed to be the fatherly side of the Lord. Now we're supposed to have both, right? I'm supposed to be both protective and nurturing as a man. I understand that. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you something. The warrior spirit, the warrior spirit, man. It's gone. It's gone out of the church. We get we got to bring that baby back. Whatever whatever that means. Whatever that looks like. It makes uh, makes Christian men uncomfortable. Yet at the same time, it makes their heart pound fast when they hear it. Because I think you know, deep down inside, I think I think all men would love to be brave. 
I think they would probably admit to you that they aren't. And by the way, the way that you know that they aren't, they aren't brave is because when you poke in the right spots, they get angry. They don't get angry about what they ought to be angry about. They get angry at you for poking on the spot. Steve Deck, give me a thumbs up. They get angry that you brought it up. They don't get angry. See, they don't get angry that they're turning little girl, little boys into little girls. They don't get angry about that. They get angry that I say we ought to do something about it. Are you, are you with me? In the, in the mood, the attitude in the church, I'm not being critical of anything on Saturday. It was great. It was great. It was all good. But the, I'm going to tell you something. The warrior attitude in the church is almost non-existent. And I have found this out over my travels, that men who think like warriors quickly either leave church or get booted out of church. Somebody give me a thumbs up. Say, Coach, I know exactly what you're talking about. And if you if you begin to talk about stuff like that, like we need to do, hey, Pastor, we need to do something about this transgenderism in our schools. Eventually, he will begin to go the other way when he sees you coming. Somebody give me a thumbs up on that one. Somebody, huh? And, and why is that? Why has that happened? It's because of the cultural Marxism, which I want to talk a little bit about today, and the effeminization of the church and the effeminization of Christianity. How many of you think Jesus, see, it started with him, didn't it? It started with Jesus. Hey, Spence, uh, Jonathan, let's just, let's just do a test, okay? Hey, Jonathan, go look on the Internet and bring up for us, Jonathan, uh, some pictures of Jesus. And I want you. I want you to see. I want to see if we can find a masculine one. Don't put. Don't put masculine. Just put pictures of Jesus and see if we find a masculine picture of him. Just keep looking. Keep looking. Look at that guy there. <laughs> he looks like he's in a band. <laughs> that guy's in a band, right? Mighty warrior, dressed for battle. Holy Lord of all is he, commander-in-chief. Lead us to the battle. I'm sorry, bring us, lead us in the battle to crush the enemy. Huh? Satan has no authority here. In, you scared any of these guys? No wonder they sing songs like, open my eyes, Lord, I want to see Jesus. No wonder they sing that, huh? What? Look at that guy. Look at that guy. Coming to me, I'm, I'm telling you, friends. You know why? But you know why they crucified him? Because they were afraid of him. <laughs> they were afraid of him, man. Oh, he came in and he spoke with power and authority. In fact, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees said, "We never heard anybody talk like this." Are you with me? Are you, are you guys aware of that scripture? John, see if you can find that. Where after he, they said, "We never heard. We never heard anybody talk like that." You don't have to. It's okay. Look at this. Look at this. This is is the image that most men we have of Christ. 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 Not an image of Coach Dave snotting and snorting and (laughs) running up and down, screaming. No wonder they they won't let me come and talk to their men. This is what what they want. So let me ask you this. If you were... uh, if you were really struggling in your life, a lot of crazy things going on in your life, would you want to run to this guy? Huh? That looks like transgender to me. Huh? Looks like Bruce Jenner. <laughs> oh, am I making anybody mad yet? Huh? I hope that I am. I hope that I am. Because if you could, uh, 
bring up for me uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm in a good Steve Deck mood today. So, Steve, I'm going to ask you to read something here for me. Um, they call it the Faith Hall of Fame. Hang on a minute. You want to be in the Faith Hall of Fame? Would you like to be in it? How do you get in it? John Barrows just died down in uh, Florida. Say who? John Barrows. Well, who's he? You don't know who John Barrows is? He's going in the Faith Hall of Fame, I'll tell you that. He's a good old boy who faithfully every day was outside the abortion clinic in, I want to say Orlando, although I could be wrong. And John Barrows just died. And all, all of Planned Parenthood's probably rejoicing today. And the devil is certainly rejoicing. But John Barrows is going to be inducted into the Faith Hall of Fame. A man's man, godly man, fearless man, righteous man, bold man. Yeah. So I like the Faith Hall of Fame because they talk about all these great things that people did. We go to verse 13, Steve Deck. Because it talks about Enoch did this and talked about Sarah did this. And then all of a sudden, tells them all these things. And then they get into the nitty-gritty of Christianity, the real nitty-gritty of Christianity. And ask yourself if you know of any of these kind of Christians that you run into. Do you run into them into your local church? Does your female pastor encourage you to be like this? Does your transgender man standing in the pulpit, trans-Christian man, does he inspire you to be a champion for Christ, a warrior for the cause of Christ? Does he? Does he? Why am, I, why am I the freak? Why is it when I walk into a group of men, I'm the freak? Steve, go ahead and start uh, verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And they were persuaded, persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Steve, hang on a minute. These, these people they just talked about, they all died. They didn't want to die. When it gets right down to it, nobody wants to die. But Bible says greater love has no man than this. He'd lay down his life for his friends. At some point, you have to make a decision. Which is more important, my life or that life? Which is more important, serving me or serving the Lord? At some point, we, guys, we all got to make that decision. All of us are. And we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for what we did. And it says in Revelation 21, 8, I think, although you don't have to pull it up, John. But the fearful and the unbelieving, the fearful and the unbelieving are not. They're going to be the first ones cast into the lake of fire. Is that 21.8? That's worth looking for, fearful and unbelieving, Johnny. The fearful and the unbelieving, I believe it's 21.8, Revelation 21.8. That's probably wrong. <laughs> That's where I think it is. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And isn't it unbelievable? He lists fearful and unbelieving ahead of the homos. 
Isn't that something? To know Christ and still be fearful? To know Christ and not have any courage? Are you kidding me? We're, we're least like Jesus when we're afraid. When we're trying to protect our own hide, we're least like him. Jesus knew when he walked into the Sanhedrin, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he knew he was, <laughs> woo, he knew he's in trouble before he ever went in there. He knew it, man. He said, I don't care. I don't care. Some things need to be said. Some things, need, he wasn't very politically correct, if you know what I'm talking about. Some things need to be said. Say, so, yeah, but you go in there and say that to them, and they're going to stone you. He says, yeah, dude. <laughs> I know, I know, man. Somebody's got to do it. Something's something's got to be said. Okay, Steve, go back to the fearful and unbelieving. Go back to wherever we were. For they say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had a mind full of that country from whence they came out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned. It, but now they desire a better country that is a heavenly. Wherefore, mm. God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for a for them a city. Can you imagine when you stand before the Lord in front of everybody and he puts his arm around you and he says, this is my boy. This like, is my son and who I am well pleased. Can you imagine that feeling, what that's going to be like? Huh? Or are you just going to be one of them is just going to make it in by the skin of your teeth? And Yeah, you made it in. You're high-fiving everybody because you made it in. But you look up there, and there's John Barrows. Wow, how'd John get up there? Well, he loved not his own life. That's how he got up there. See, most of us hope to get in loving ourselves. The reason we look, the Bible teaches this. No, no. Modern American Christianity teaches you the Christianity, you got to come to Jesus because he loves you as much as you do. You finally found somebody that loves you as much as you. And he just wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy and slappy. Come on, Jesus, huh? All your problems will go away. He'll love you, bless you financially. Why? Huh? Go ahead, Steve. Because well, here, look, because here's the price some of these boys paid to make it in the faith hall of fame. By the way, dead is dead. <laughs> Huh? Oh yeah. When you pass out of this life, baby, you ain't coming back. And the only thing that's going to matter, the only thing that ain't going to burn, is what you did to advance the kingdom of God. That's so, that's hard for us to understand. It's all going to burn. It ain't. It's all filthy rags. He doesn't care about it. He care how much money you made. He doesn't care how many people came to your church. He doesn't care how many times you fed the sick, fed the uh, the hungry. He doesn't care how much times you prayed for the. He don't care about any of that stuff. Boom. Hey, man, you're going to all burn. You ain't going to bring no trophies to him, baby. Yeah, they've deceived us. Told us you're supposed to live your best life now. I'll shut up. Go ahead, Steve. Because this is deep in me. This is deep in me. Right. I saw Steve, Steve, hang on a minute. I saw that on Saturday. I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back, and I'm not bragging. I'm going to tell you something. Some of those guys had never heard anything like that. Ever. In church, they cared enough to come, give up their entire Saturday. I'm going to tell you, some of them had never heard anything like that. That's sad. Go ahead, Glenn, because Glenn can testify to it. Go ahead, Glenn. Yeah, it, you know, after you spoke, we when we, we broke for lunch, those guys, they just gathered around you, okay? They, they just, 
you were like a magnet to some Ooh, of those guys. Testosterone oozing, Christian testosterone oozing off of me. They wanted to rub up against the Demiglin. Because men want to be like that. Deep in their heart, we all want to be the hero. How many of you, when you were a little kid, didn't play cowboys and Indians and you were the conqueror? How many of you didn't play uh, sports and uh, make-believe sports? I used to go out for hours and shoot baskets. And you know what I would do when I was shooting baskets? Maybe I was the only one. We had a, my dad put up a rim for me, and I would dribble down the sidewalk, and I'd go, five, four, three, two, one, and I'd shoot the winning shot. Anybody ever do that? But me? I did that for hours. Why? Because I wanted to be the hero. I wanted to be the hero. At eight, nine, ten years old, I didn't even know till I'd see it on TV. I'd see when a guy make the winning shot, everybody be jumping. I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be that guy. What happened to us? Don't we want to be that guy anymore? Huh? We don't want to be that guy anymore. I want to make a three pointer at the buzzer for the Lord, for the Lord's team. What I want to do? I don't want to be sitting on the bench. I want to be playing. I don't want to be up in the stands eating a hot dog, watching it. Dude, I know that thrill, man, that last second. I know it in my own life, that thrill of making that last second shot. Oh, that's what I want to keep going, Steve. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaiah. And he had that had received the promises offered up his own begotten son. So the promises were to I were to his son Isaac, and the Lord said, Sorry, I'm gonna take Isaac away from him. And he said, Okay. All right, go ahead. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also he received him in a figure. By by faith, Isaiah. Bless Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was, when he dying, was dying, when he was dying, blessed both of his sons, Joseph, and worship leaning up on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commanding commandment concerning his bones. Okay, stop now, Steve, because they're going to tell us all these guys you've heard of. Jacob and Moses. Go on down. Scroll on down. Scroll on down. Scroll on down. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Hmm. And what more? Started three, two, Steve. Here's some of these guys who didn't make the Hall of They made the Hall of Fame, but we don't even know who they are. Go ahead, Steve. Verse 32. And what shall I more say? For the time shall fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of We lost you, Steve. There you go. There. Wait a minute. Oh, wait. Does anybody know about Gideon or Barak? Samson? Jephthah? Do we know anything? Do you know their story? Do we even know who these guys are? Samson, Samuel, the other prophets. What did they do, Steve? By the way, these guys that we don't even know anything about, what did they do, Steve? 33. Who thought faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, 
Stop the mouths of lions. You done that lately, Steve? Hey, Steve, you done any of that stuff lately? Have you subdued your kingdoms? Have you wrought any righteousness? Have you obtained promises? Have you stopped the mouths of lions lately, Steve? You done, you done any of that stuff? Because they don't even tell us who these guys are. We don't even know who these guys are. And they're in the Hall of Fame. Go ahead. Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of the weakness were made strong. Wax valiant in flight. Turn to flight. The armies of the aliens. Waxed valiant in fight. Ah! Turn to flight the armies of the aliens. The aliens saw God's people coming and they tucked tail and ran. Still don't know their name. Go ahead. Women received their dead raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Steve, a better one. They, they, they... They're maintaining, they're getting a better resurrection? What? How are they getting a better one? I don't know, but they are. Why? Because they didn't accept deliverance. Because they wanted a better insurrection. They wanted that standing ovation. Go ahead. Oh, man. Go ahead. And others had trial of cruel mockings. And Who were they? Who were those people? The others. Others? The others. Yep. The others. So in other words, there were some others that this happened to. We don't even know who they are, right? Others, okay. Gave moreover of bonds and, and imprisonment. They were stoned. Who was they, Steve? They were stoned. Who? Stephen. No, others. <laughs> others. Others. <laughs> we don't even know who they are. <laughs> they saw asunder. They were cut in half, Steve. Some of them were cut in half. Who were Steve? Others. Others were tempted. <laughs> were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being this, this, afflicted and tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy. worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. They were homeless. They've kept running for their lives. And these all have obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Mm. God having provided some better things for us, they that they without us should not be made perfect. They're waiting on us. And all these having obtained a good report. Who are these? Uh, others. <laughs> Those others. They didn't receive it. They didn't get a reward for it. Why? They're waiting on us. Why? To complete the expansion of the kingdom. That's the promise to all of us. It's not a prosperity message. It's not a healthy, wealthy, wise. I mean, that's all part of it, but that's not, that's not it. It's all filthy rags. We, we have, we have, we're preaching a gospel of self-preservation. Seven ways to live seven lives in seven days. Life enhancement. Hey, look, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to encourage you this morning, man. Because hey, some of us are going to face this stuff. Some this is some of us are heading this way, baby. The times that we find ourselves in and stuff that's going on, some of us are heading this way. And so, uh, I want to I want to encourage you out there. I want to, I just want to encourage you out there that that God is uh, is calling and raising up some of you. To do stuff that you never in your life ever thought you would do. And by the way, if you're if we are doing it 
for recognition here and now, then that's the only reward we're going to get. Right? Sometimes it's the unseen bravery. Yep. It's rewarding. Most times it is. You guys don't even know who John Barrows is. I promise you the Lord does. Pull up the email, Johnny, that says, uh, speak the truth. I got some good stuff to show you. You ready here, guys? Felix, you ready? If you're unsure who to trust in these confusing times, trust the courageous ones. Truth requires courage. Courage requires fortitude. Truth requires integrity. Cowards tell lies. Cowards support liars. Telling a lie is easy. Believing a lie is easy. Being compliant is easy. Staying silent is easy. Trusting without thinking is easy. Thinking for yourself is hard. Standing up for what is right, that's hard. Being real and authentic, that's hard. In times like these, it takes all the courage in the world to question the status quo and to speak up and tell the truth. Vinny, that'd be a good boom. You sleep? It's a boom. Boom. You want to know who to trust? Trust the courageous. Trust the courageous. Because the courageous have already counted the cost. The courageous already understand that something fearful is in front of them, and they've already counted the cost. They said, I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. I don't care. I'm going to go anyway. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care. I'm going to stand up anyway. See, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's the conquering of it. That'd be something to write down right there for you. So here's what we're dealing with, point number three. They just asked Pastor uh, Jack, Jack, I think his name, Hobbs. This is the culture and society we're living in. Pastor Hobbs, they asked him to come and pray before opening the Senate. By the way, the Senate, the House of Representatives, are full of non-believers, full of non-believers. So Pastor Jack Hibbs goes and prays to open Congress. And boy, are they eating him alive. Go ahead and play this. God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, together we come before you in humility as a people in need of your forgiveness, your mercy, your goodness, and your grace. For these 250-so years, our fathers in this Congress have prayed for your guidance and protection. And so we stand here in humble petition that you today might do the same, that this nation and its unparalleled constitution, your great gift to all freedom-loving people, might be renewed here and across this land as a beacon of hope to all who seek peace. I ask you today, Father, to bring to us a great awakening of righteousness and confidence in you, who alone is mighty to save. Hear my cry in this hour 
of great need that we might be humbly blessed before you in the repentance of our national sins. You, Almighty God, are the source of all wisdom, and there is no wisdom but that which comes from you. So please come upon those here who are the stewards over the business of our nation with your wisdom, which comes from above, and with your holy fear, knowing that your coming day of judgment draws near when all who have been and are now in authority will answer to you, the great judge of heaven and of earth, for the decisions that they make here in this place. I offer this prayer to you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Son, your Son, and our crucified Savior and resurrected Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And they are God they and are, Father. They are eating him alive because his what? What? His prayer wasn't inclusive enough. Uh, he wasn't inclusive. Now I gotta I gotta take you here a second, okay? So that you understand. I was gonna do a whole show on it, but I'm not going to. On what they call cultural Marxism. Now, we all understand to some degree, don't we, what Marxism is? Karl Marx, communism. Communism evolved out of Marxism. Marxism is communist light. That's what, that's what, that's what it is. From each according to his need, to each according. Now, from each, to each according to his need, from each according to his whatever, right? Communism. Uh, everybody treated equal. Everybody having the same thing. We know that's not true. We know that even at the top of communism, our oligarchs are in charge. So the philosophy could never, ever, ever, it has never worked, never, ever will work. But the way that they've been successful uh, in, in tearing us apart, and what was a once great Christian nation, is what they taught called cultural Marxism. Remember, at the heart of Marxism, everybody's equal. That's Marxism, communism, everybody's equal. So therefore, the homo is equal to the pastor. The, uh, the transgender is equal to the monogamous relationship. The, the, the black is equal to, well, we know the black's equal to the white, right? So the way that they're able to operate with cultural Marxism is to say, aha, whitey, hey, whitey, you are pressing down blackie and cause division that way. And, and so we see, and you, you Christians, you Christian bigots, you're not loving these people over here. And cultural Marxism is nothing more than guilt upon those who have because they haven't given to those who don't. That's cultural Marxism. And rather than trying to do it financially, they've done it to us morally. Somebody give me a thumbs up and say, I, I, I see where you're going, coach. I see where you're going. So cultural Marxism brought us women's liberation. Not that there's something wrong with women's liberation, but it destroyed the family. And why did it destroy the, why did they have to destroy the family? Well, it had to destroy the family because it was the, it was the, uh, uh, the plan of God, natural families, as J.R. would say. Cultural Marxism, all families are equal. Men can marry men. Women can marry women. You're discriminating. If you say just a man can marry a woman, well, that's discrimination. This is cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism, they have taken every minority and made them a victim. Every minority is a victim. 
And everybody who's part of the majority is the oppressor. That is cultural Marxism. Somebody give me a thumbs up. Say, oh, I never understood that, Coach. I never understood it. And that's why we look. That's why Barack Obama was the chief cultural Marxist. He was trained in it. Did you ever ask yourself, where did he come from? Where? How did Barack Obama come out of nowhere to be elected senator and eight years later president of the United States? Probably still president of the United States today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He probably is behind the scenes. Right? And so you have to understand that the cultural Marxist, communist, Luciferians, their job is to destroy everything in the image of God. Everything. What has Coach Dave been telling you forever and ever, ever? They hate you. Hey, white man, they hate you. See, this isn't even politically correct to say. If I were to say it at the church, the pastor would come and drag me out of there. But the reality of it is, the only thing you're not allowed to be is a white man. (laughs) If you're a white man, you are the oppressor. Thumbs up, come on, thumbs up so you see what's going on. This is all cultural Marxism at work. And what does the Bible say? You don't work, you don't eat, right? And so charity is supposed to be me willfully giving to someone less fortunate than me, but the government has come in, and what has the government done? They take from Steve Deck, because I see Steve. They take from Steve Deck, and they give it to somebody he don't even know. And so the government becomes the daddy that all people run to the teat of to be fed. That's why we're in the mess that we're in. And the church has sat back and allowed the government to do it. Amen. In fact, how many times have you driven by a church and seen the sign that they are a welcoming congregation? What the hell does that mean? It means that we're not we're not bigoted. <laughs> we welcome everybody here. We're not judgmental or intolerant. Oh, we're not racist or we're not against gays. I mean, do you see how deeply this is embedded in our culture? That anytime you speak up about something you believe, you're a hater. You're a hater. Why? Because you, Steve, are the oppressor. You're a white guy that's got some money and you have a happy life and you are holding down that poor homo who just wants to be happy to Steve, you bigot. That's cultural Marxism, friends. And who's the greatest purveyor? of cultural Marxism? Who's the greatest purveyor of it? Come on now, other than the government. The government's the greatest purveyor of it. Who's who's second in line? Does anybody know? The church. (laughs) The church apologizing for being unique. God's chosen people. Oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. Everybody can come. Oh, everybody, all welcome. Everybody can come. No, 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 no. Broad is the way. Narrow is the gate. See, they'll throw me out of church for talking like this, folks. The gospel is exclusive, not inclusive. All can come, but not everybody stays. All are welcome, but not everybody gets in. It's reverse cultural Marxism. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Pull up Alex Jones, number eight. Because I found this one today. I said, man, Alex, finally, Alex, you just tell me the truth. Go ahead, Alex. Pull him up there, number number eight. 
They hate you. They hate your family. They hate the border. Oh, we need the military down at the border. Oh, don't you worry, sweetie pie. They're down there getting rid of the whole damn thing right now and catapulting the illegal aliens in and the fresh meat and the 89,000 missing kids in sex slavery. Yeah, there's the admiral. I tell you that our military's fried and collapsed and that the flag is no longer the American flag. It is the rainbow flag of surrender to Satan. Because it is. I care about our country. I care about our institutions. I want stability. We don't have stability with a bunch of wokest turds who've been indoctrinated for four to eight years in these New World Order seminaries they call colleges. You know the numbers are out. Most statistics now, college grads have the same IQ as a working class person or lower. They've ruined the institutions. They fried everything by design. They poisoned America. Just like they poisoned leaders in the past and good presidents and good kings. The frontal assault we'll see, but they physically poisoned us. They've spiritually poisoned us. They've economically poisoned us. We are under attack. We are losing. They hate you. They hate your family. They hate you. Okay, you can pull that out of there. They hate us. Why? Because it's the seed of the serpent gets the seed of the woman. You know, folks, if we don't if we don't understand this, it's at the heart of it. I wonder, how would you like to be Alex? I'm looking for something over here. How would you like to be Alex Jones' pastor? Huh? <laughs> I wonder if he has a pastor. I don't know. I don't know. Why? Because he's scary. He scare pastors. Why is he scare pastors? Because they've been indoctrinated in cultural Marxism. Things he's saying you're not allowed to say. What do you think hate speech is? What do you think... Uh, misinformation or disinformation is it's nothing more than censoring your opinion because there are certain things that you're allowed to say and certain things that you're not allowed to say even if it is the truth you're not allowed to say the truth that's at the heart of it cultural marxism now i'm making a real quick turn here i don't know if he's in here pastor clint are you in here you in here this morning I don't. I don't want to embarrass. Him. I talked to Pastor Clint this 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 weekend. I'll get him in here tomorrow, and let him tell a little bit of of his story about what's going on. It's all good. It's all good. Hang on. One more thing. Play number six, and then going to open it up for you. Oh, I got. I just got so much. Oh man. Pull up number six. I get. I get. I get. No, I'm sorry. That shouldn't be it. Uh, letter to the American Church. Yeah, there, there it is. There it is. Hang on, hang on. I. This sounds awful. I get validated every day. I get validated every day. More and more, I look around. More and more people are getting it. More and more people are, even though they've been getting it, more and more are starting to say it. Starting to say it. Now this is a, a film that's being done. A documentary called "A Letter." to the American church. And it's done by, my brain went dead. Uh, it'll be in a good, it's only about a minute, 34 seconds. This is just a trailer to it. It's from, what's his name? Uh, it doesn't matter. We'll get it. Letter to the American church. Go ahead. Eric Metaxas, thank you. Eric Metaxas is making this this documentary, Letter to the American church. I'm convinced that the American church has arrived 
at a significant moment of truth. We are only 75, 80 years removed from three separate regimes that killed 60 to 70 million people intentionally. The parallels with where the American church is now to where the German church stood in the face of the Nazi regime are unavoidable and grim. Churches need to understand really what Marxism is, which is to destroy the church, to destroy the word of God. So if you capture the seminaries, you capture the pastors, you capture the laity, you capture the soul of the world. Christianity is not just about saying Jesus loves you and then going to heaven one day, but that there's a war that's raging. The church is weakening, which is why Marxism is ascendant in America today. This is the hour of the American church. Amen, Eric. Amen, Merrick. So look, you better ask yourself this. Huh? Is, is Marxism the salt of the church? Or is the church the salt of the government? I promise you this. Marxism, cultural Marxism, evil has infiltrated the church where the church is afraid to speak against it. And Jack Hibbs shows up in Congress to opening prayer, a Christian prayer, and he's been blasted from about 37 different directions. If you can't see that it's a war and understand what's going on, I don't know what to tell you. One more thing, and then I'm going to open uh, I'm opening up. Get in line. Get in line. Pull up Alex on Obama. Barack Obama, number five. Barack Before Obama, Obama left office, he traveled. Hang on. Obama is still president of the United States, folks. He's still president of the United States. Obama, Trump got in there for four years. Joe Biden, senile Joe Biden, is vice president of Barack Obama. Barack Obama is still president of the United States. Sorry if you can't see it. And now they want to bring Big Mike in. Right? Important moment for the American church. Go ahead. This is Alex Jones again. Go ahead and play that too, Johnny. He traveled to Latin America, to Africa, and the Middle East. And what did he tell him in speeches? The clips are famous. You can't have a car or air conditioning. The earth will overheat and burn up. While he's telling people that uh, by the year 2017, like Al Gore said, we would have areas flooded on the coastal areas while he bought a big house in Martha's Vineyard at one foot above sea level. And of course, it's still there and it hasn't flooded. I mean, a chef died there. You drowned, sadly, but uh, no flooding inside the house, just the dead chef. So they're waging war against civilization and society to make us poor, to, to, to put us under siege and to, to, to cut off our energy, make the cost of living impossible, to break our old system to bring in something even worse. And that's the Cloward and Piven strategy that the Democratic Party has adopted. They've done the same thing in Europe. This is a plan. The central banks have unlimited money, but they can't buy all the infrastructure up because people aren't selling. So they've got to crush us and make people so poor that everybody's forced to sell their business, uh, their intellectual property, uh, their physical property, but more importantly, to turn over our bodies to them. 
So what this is, is, is really a breaking of our will, a demoralization. That's what the transgenderism is. And two men can have a baby and uh, puberty blockers and castrating little boys and cutting little girls' breasts off. They've got such hellish stuff coming in this designed global collapse to bring in their world government. Before Obama left office, he traveled. Okay. That's, that's the game plan. It's, it's right in front of us. Say, Coach, you're gloom and doom. No, I'm not gloom and doom. No, I'm trying to open your eyes up to see exactly what's going on. And it's going to take the rise of bold, strong Christian men if we're, if we're going to push back the flood. Come on in, Rod. No, Dave, this is not gloom and doom. This is what is happening. It's the truth. That's right. It's the reality. truth. And uh, the church may be winning. Things may be turning. There's a lot of carnage on the way, and the carnage can be reduced by our actions. But this is the truth. It's not gloom and doom. It's not. And how, how they've been able to advance it, Roger? Through cultural Marxism. What is cultural Marxism? Create a class that's been discriminated against and then make us the just one Christianity. Christians, the ones who have discriminated. Oh, you hate homosexuals. We need pride flags. We need, we need pride month. We need pride in our city. What? Why? To destroy the image of God, the family, the family structure. This is what's going on. This is the devil at work. In the church, what are we doing? Because we've been convinced that God is love. We're capitulating to it. We don't recognize it. We're spitting on the grave of the Hebrews 11 Faith Hall of Fame. Pastor Tim, come on in. Boy, I'm so glad you preached on or taught on this Hebrews passage. Because you know what? I'm joining that uh, that chapter of 11. You know why? Because I'm dead. I'm crucified Amen. in Christ. You Amen. know what? I died. The old man, Romans 6 says I died. And you know what? Chapter 7 tells me that there's no law anymore that I'm being judged by. There's no Sabbath anymore for anybody. There's none of these laws that judge us because we are married to Christ, it says in chapter 7. And you know what? <clears throat> because I'm led by the Spirit in chapter 8, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Mm. So I'm Spirit-led every single day. And nobody can judge me. Hallelujah. And you're a dead man. You're already, they can't kill you. You're already dead, brother. I'm a dead man walking. I'm a you're dead man. You're already dead. <laughs> we, we don't have that, do we? We don't have that concept of it. Michelle and I, last night, we had, uh, uh, yesterday, we saw all 10 of our grandkids on the same day. In fact, we had eight of them, eight of them over last night. It was just a wonderful, wonderful time of family. Those little kids, you guys know how they are when they're little. It's just wonderful. And I just, I had this, oh, I had this overwhelming dread come over me to understand what their future might be because of the silence of the American church. Randy, Randy sent me a text. Randy, I want you to know how much that text you sent me today encouraged me. Do you know? Do you know that some of are you are you guys looking at me? Do you know that some of your grandkids are going to be martyred? Do you know that? Do you know that if you are raising your children, your grandchildren in particular, in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, do you know the Bible says that you make them a prey. Do you know that if you train your grandchildren up 
and the way that they should go, but they're going face first into a culture hell bent on destroying them. Do you understand that? So I sat around them, I sat around last night as we're eating and looking at the joy in that family of all those kids, how much they love each other. That's that's the way God's family is supposed to be, how we're supposed to be functioning, and to think, Lord, this very thing right here is under assault. And we don't care. We, we care. I think we care, but we don't get it. We don't get it. We're told to love those who are hell-bent on destroying the mind of our children. And the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 12, verse 3, or I think so, that it'd be better for you to put a millstone around your neck and be thrown into the deepest part of the ocean than allow one of these little ones who believe in me to be deceived. Amen. And here I sit as their grandpa, and I understand what's going on around them, and I'm worried about me, my comfort. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what we can do to wake men up. Men, not nothing against women, but I'm a hell of a lot more scared of an angry man than an angry woman. <laughs> when to know the truth. Yeah, of whom the world was not worthy, wandered in deserts, mountains, dens, and caves. All of these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Why? Because God, having provided something better for them, that they, without us, this whole thing ain't going to be over till we run our race. We're running like we're just doing the best we can to try to finish it. Yeah. Pastor Clint, come on in here because I was talking about you. I don't know if you heard. I don't know if you heard me there or not. Oh yeah, go ahead, Coach. No, I want to go, Pastor Clint. I want you to share the hell that broke has been breaking loose around you. Share what you shared with me yesterday, Pastor. Well, you know, uh, last week I I talked about last Monday's program about prayer, and um, I was so convicted in it with it that Wednesday I taught on prayer and man, I'm telling you Pastor, all let me, let me break. Pastor Clint, because of this show, you realized Dad gone, I haven't taught my people to pray. That's where it started, right? Right. Yep. Um, you know, I I I just realized that because of the program and because of the conviction that I hadn't taught my church to pray, I hadn't taught my family to pray. And um uh, so, so that was Wednesday uh, that we started talking about prayer. And um, Thursday, just to make a long story short, I was confronted with demon after demon, and I, and I mean, <laughs> I was helping I was helping a church. Um, I, I've got a bobcat, and I was helping a church close by uh, clear out behind their their graveyard and uh i told them i would do it and and this woman next door came and cussed me like i've never been cussed before i told <laughs> i i uh i've been in bar fights and everything else and i've never been cussed like that and but she said it was her land and and long story short i just 
Uh, she said she didn't give a GD about the church or anybody in it. And and I just started, boy, I just went, went to town on her. I cast out, I said, you've got a demon and you're in danger of hellfire. And in the name of Jesus, uh, you got to leave. You got to get out of her demon. And she started screaming and just covering her ears. And I was, uh, <laughs> I had a little, little, uh, um, uh, Methodist woman that was out there cleaning and boy, she was about to freak out. And, uh, and long story short, the demon came out. Her brother-in-law came there and said, this is not y'all's land. And, uh, I t- told the woman that it wasn't her land. And, um, and then Saturday there was a, a funeral at all places. And I was confronted with two of them because uh, I didn't conduct the funeral in the way that they thought I should. And um, one of them, I told them that uh, that what got her demon angry was I preached the word. I preached the, the gospel. And I said, the gospel always makes you mad. And I said, uh, <laughs> by your fruit, I, I said, by your fruit, you're not saved. And... Uh, she didn't say she was saved, but she said, I go to this church and, and I knew the church and knew the pastor and, and, uh, said, and so and so is my pastor. And I said, well, you go tell him how to run his church. You don't tell me how to run mine. And I said, you, you need to leave. So I actually kicked two on two separate occasions. I kicked two people out, out of the church. I told them to leave. And another one came up. I mean, it was just. It, it was crazy. And then Saturday night, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I called on prayer, and the demons went crazy. So I'm telling everybody, there is something to it. If there was nothing to it, I, none of that would have happened last week. Amen. So, Amen. Power, huh? The it Bible. is. It, the words are weapon. Go ahead, Clint. Yeah, and if there's any pastors out there, teach your people how to pray. And um, and if you don't, and, and and if you really don't know or have never been taught, you know, get with somebody that is a prayer warrior, because there, I, I put it to our people. I pointed to a one ten volt. Uh, uh, outlet there and I said there's power there and you talked about you know power in your show that day and and I said but if you don't know how if you don't have the right plug-in if you've got a 30 amp plug-in it is useless to you because you can't access the power and prayer is the access of the power that Jesus gave us amen amen and And the word is the weapon (laughs) the word is the weapon Yes. Word. Pray the word. Pray the word. See, there's something, there's nothing wrong with being ignorant, but there's something wrong with staying ignorant. There's nothing Amen. wrong with being afraid. There's something wrong with staying afraid. You with me? So God brings these things into us so that we can deal with them. Don't get angry about it. Ask yourself, why did that make me mad? Because Pastor Clint, you said when we were talking about that last week, 
uh, talking about prayer and having not taught your congregation to prayer. You wanted me to shut up. Is that right, Clint? <laughs> yeah. I, and I told you, I said, boy, in the flesh, I hated Monday's program uh, or Monday's show. And yeah, I mean, it was just such heavy conviction. I was just like, boy, I wished he would move on to something else, but it just kept. And, uh, but it was, it was beneficial not only to me, but our church. Amen, baby. Amen. Amen. Woo. I love change. Uh, Craig, come on in. And, and coach, I, I'm sorry. Last night we, we had prayer meeting last night and oh my gosh, you talking about power. Oh man. It was just. It was unbelievable. So thank you. You had to get through those those cackling hyenas out in front of the church first, didn't you? You had to fight through that. Get into the real stuff. Amen. Greg Mickle. Go ahead, Greg. I, I just want to publicly acknowledge Pastor Clint because Pastor Clint was there when we were at the Georgia Guidestones. Yes, he was. And we might have swung the bat, but him and his church, they went and they prayed. And then I don't know how long it was, Pastor Clint. July 6th came, 2022, and them things fell. I just want to say, you guys you guys hit the last nail on those things. I just want to publicly acknowledge you and, you and your church that went back there after we did. Amen. Huh? Well, thank you. We, we went on uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we met Sunday morning there. And uh, so it was from... Memorial Day weekend till till um, January. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, July. <laughs> so, uh, but we did. We had service there, and um, that's what churches need to do. They need. Yeah, they don't have to have service in the church all the time. But anyway, Amen. I'll shut up now. Amen. Oh, it makes my heart pump fast. Joe Allen, then Roger. I don't think God meant for one man to be the sole person or the head of the household to pray in the church. Amen, brother. I could, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. No, well, said. I could, I could tell you a story about Saturday. I won't do it right now. Just not. Amen. 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 Okay. I, I, okay. Let me real, real briefly. I'm going to get you, Roger. I promise. Um, um, go ahead, Roger. No, I want to talk to pastor Clint after show on the queue. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So uh, I couldn't convince See, we're so had a great conversation with a great person this weekend, and they were uh, they were so concerned that I wasn't part of a local body, and I said I am. I said our local body meets seven days a week, five days a week. I'm sorry. I said I meet, we meet five days a week. They said no, no, it's not the same. That's not the same. I said, are you kidding me? I said, I could, I could put out a call right now. If somebody had a problem, there'd be 100 people show up at their house. There'd be 100 people show up. We're assembling together. We're not in the same room, but we're assembled together. We're of one heart for sure. I can promise you that. And not only that, those guys are coming here, and then they're going into their church, and they're impacting their church. And you want me? Just to gather together under a building with 50 people? That's what that you think that's the church? Boy, it's a mindset, folks. It is a mindset that we have got to overcome. This is the body of Christ here. It ain't my church, for heaven's sakes. We are the church. I know this. I got a problem. Deck will be here. 
Randy will be here. Craig Mickle will come here. Bob Evans will be here. I promise you. He'll figure a way to get down here. That's what the body's supposed to be. You're going to church with people you don't even know. You go to church with them, the service is over. Uh, see you next week. Be blessed. Be blessed. And that's about the only Amen. Place. You don't have to. <laughs> thanks, Clint. I was going to say, you don't have to say amen, but that's the truth. Amen. And so uh, we're a body, baby. We're a body. And yeah, maybe I, maybe I don't have an address that we're, we're all gathering together. It's the mindset, man. Mindset. We are equipping the saints for the work of the ministry everywhere you look. We are the salt of the earth, not just the salt of Hebron. We're the salt of the earth. Amen. God bless you. Been a good day. See, see, uh, see you tomorrow. Friday on today, 11. See you.